So here's something I don't think we've talked about before. When we've talked about a lot of the themes uh, for Star Trek shows, uh-huh. I don't think we've ever talked about the uh, the animated series theme, which is not the same as the original. Yeah, we series probably theme. haven't. Because um, I yeah I don't I don't remember what we talked about when we did our other animated series episode, but I'm guessing it wasn't that. Well, I think that the I was it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't, I'm not sure that I've put on an animated series episode since then. I think I might have watched it like yesteryear once or something, because I do throw that one on every now and then, because it's short and it's good. Yeah. But, like, uh, the animated theme kind of rips, actually. Like, <laughs> I was listening to it, I was like, this is really good. Like, it actually might be, like, one of one of the better themes, uh, I, maybe. Yeah, now I'm trying to think, because I, I, I watched the opening credits, and, like, I, I don't remember... I, I remember... The only thing I remember sticking out to me is like the very beginning of it is basically it feels like the original series theme like upside down. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like yeah. it like goes down when the other one goes up and then comes up when the other one goes down in terms of like notes. Yeah, it's like da 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 da. da. It almost it it kind of reminds me of the original series theme by way of like the Jetsons or something. Like Sure. Uh but it's good. I don't know. I was yeah. I was really into it. I'll have like, to listen to it again. But and I mean, I did have to listen to it again before this episode started just to remind myself. So it still has doesn't quite pass the the test of there only being two, or I guess counting Enterprise, there only being three Star Trek themes that I can just call to mind without watching them again. Sure. But I actually think it might it might be my third favorite one. Actually, maybe after the. The first two live action ones. Um, nice. Uh, I don't know. I was just really, I just hadn't heard it for a while, and I was like, "This is good." Like, I don't know. It's just, it's. I think that like the problem with like Voyager and DS Nine is just that they're not very propulsive, you know. Especially not DS Nine. Yeah, they're DS9 just kind of like stately orchestral fanfare. Yeah, and then the ones from the new shows are again like Lower Decks. I couldn't remember right now. I feel like I like the Lower Decks one. Well, Strange New Worlds is Strange just New the original World's series. Good, it's just kind of a re- rescoring of the original. Yeah, and then like Lower Decks, and I think Lower Decks and Picard and Discovery, none of them are like bad, but like, I can't remember any of them, and they all kind of seem they're they're not as iconic. I don't know. I, I like, sure. but this yeah. one I was I was I was really into this one. I I, nice. I I like this kind of music. I like this time period of like music and stuff. And I, I don't know. I yeah, I definitely have like just even though I would say that. My memory of the show overall is that it's not very good. And even though, like, the last time we watched an episode for, I think we were both extremely pleasantly surprised at how good that episode was. Yeah. Um, but I do still have a fondness for the show just for, like, the time period it represents and, like, what, you know, that, just how kind of, like, odd it is. And, yeah, I just was really appreciating that, that aspect of it today when I was, when I was watching Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, a show where two guys who have seen the start of part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are doing Once Upon a Planet, which is Star Trek the Animated Series, Season 1, Episode 9. I think this is only the second animated series episode we've done on the podcast, uh, which is which is cool. And yeah. we're it's actually, we're in the middle of, as you will find out, little three episode animated run we're going on here but um so uh this episode is written 
by Chuck Menville and Len Jansen, and it is directed by Hal Sutherland. I looked up these people because I was just kind of curious. Um, so these are all filmation people. They're not really Star Trek people. So this is oh, the only this is the only like writing credit for either of these two on the show. And then Hal Sutherland directed every episode of the first season of TAS, and then that's the only thing that he's worked on for Trek. So because I was just kind of curious, like because parts of this. Did I mean definitely like obviously the people who who wrote this episode watched Shore Leave, right. and parts of it felt like people who were trying to follow up on stuff, and parts of it felt like people who were just like, yeah, we watched this and we're gonna do it again, you know. So uh-huh. I was just kind of curious, but yeah, these are people. And we have who, this these... asset for a dragon that we're really proud of. Can we put that in there somewhere? Well, I mean, I, have you watched the animated series in total? No, I haven't. Okay, I have, and I, I think. My recollection is that there are a lot of dinosaurs and dinosaur-adjacent <laughs> beings in it. Okay. Um, like those pterodactyls, that's like, I'm pretty sure that we see pterodactyls multiple other times on the animated series. So, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe next time we'll, we'll see him again. Could be. Uh, so the memory office synopsis for this one is, upon returning to the amusement park planet... Which they never call it, I don't think, in the episode. Maybe they do, but they usually call it the Shoreleaf Planet. I think they call it the Shoreleaf Planet most yeah. of the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, the episode, the planet from the episode Shoreleaf. Right. Um, but yeah, upon, upon referring to the Music Park Planet, the Enterprise crew finds that the caretaker has died and the computer has taken over, it says, taken over creating havoc. I think this should be taken over, comma, creating havoc. But anyway, uh, I should become a, an editor on the. For memory. Alpha. Alpha, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, as, as Memory Alpha classifies this as uh, part two or two of the arc Shore Leave Planet. Um, so I, I love, I love uh, their arcs. When they like uh, group things into arcs. Yeah, over, but they, that, that are, are like across multiple, out over multiple things. series, yeah. yeah. Um, I also, I will say my, uh, my son watched part of this with me, and he, is just, he just watched the Disney Alice in Wonderland for the first time, so he was very amused by the beginning where you see like the clean oh, parts. And that kind of thing. Yeah, so why don't you take us into this uh, kind of, I guess, sequel slash remake of uh, a pretty famous uh, original series episode, I think. Yeah. Which we have not done on the show yet. No, we haven't yet. Um, but yeah, so this is... It starts out with the, the Enterprise is going back to the planet from Shore Leave, which is basically kind of the premise of that episode was that, like, anything you like it's this planet where anything you kind of like think about or imagine is like manifested as i guess they say like as like androids a robot yeah yeah like there's like a 3d printer presumably that just kind of churns out like these robot versions of like if you think of the white rabbit from alice in wonderland which is kind of like the classic one that i think one of the first things they see yeah in the original when they go there um, is someone in like a, a furry rabbit costume, um, or if you think of beautiful women or beautiful men, or I don't, I it's been so long since I've seen *Before I Leave*, I forget exactly what happens. But that's basically kind of what they realize. And it's like at first they're sort of afraid of all these things, but it turns out there's this kind of like benevolent caretaker running this planet that just creates all these things because he wants people to come there and like have a good time. Yeah, and the the only like. My recollection is that like the the problem that they're facing is basically that, that they don't know that, and so, so they, they keep thinking of like things that they're afraid of. Uh, yeah. So like I like at one point like I think Sulu thinks of a tiger, and and then um, 
yeah, I believe it, I mean they they mention it in this in this Someone episode that like Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but I believe I believe they actually they they mention it in this episode that like at one point like someone thinks about a gun and then like someone shoots and kills McCoy and then he is resuscitated in like this, this chamber. <laughs> it's a pretty wild episode. Yeah. It does end with, it feels like it, it uh, implied that bones is about to go have a threesome with two robot women. Um, like a, a very heavily implicated. Um, okay. So a strange, like in one way, like a very, because of like how fanciful it is, it's, very understandable why you would make an animated show like a kids animated show sequel to it but also again because of some of those other things um yeah a strange a strange choice for a for a sequel yeah but yeah because i I do get why like you would jump to it as like a animated thing because like now we can add all these other crazy things that like we couldn't really realistically film but we can have like the queen of hearts who's just like a person made of playing cards or a fire-breathing dragon or pterodactyls or these things that like yeah kind of show how like the range of what this planet can create where before you couldn't really do anything more ridiculous than a tiger yeah i uh that was that also led to like one of one of the better lines in the episode i think which is i where i think mccoy says something along the lines of maybe it's in the quote section but he says they were playing cards but they weren't playing or something like that it was just (laughs) yes uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. That was a good, a good little uh, turn of phrase. Nice but little joke. But yeah, so they they go down, and then th- basically this time, like things are showing up, even if they're like no one imagined them, and are kind of like more sort of aggressive and dangerous seeming. So yeah, there's the cards from Alice in Wonderland with spears that like try to attack McCoy, and. I forget what else originally, but like the pterodactyls. Uh, yeah, the pterodactyls and, and the dragon. Kind of I think everybody, all... and then like they realize like something's wrong, and so they try to beam back up to the ship. But uh, before they can beam Uhura up, she gets captured by robots. Yeah, and there is there is one of the only notes I wrote down is that you know obviously this is a filmation thing. Nothing that filmation ever made like looks particularly good, at least not in the. I will speak a little bit later on some of the sets, which I actually do kind of like, but um, yeah, the 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 actual character animation does not look good. And, but there is like this very funny moment where like where Uhura is taken, and so like a robot arm grasps her wrist, and she's shocked, and she she looks up like in profile, and her neck gets so long and weird looking, <laughs> like just like it's like curved uh-huh. up. It's very funny to me. Um, yeah. I think that actually, uh, if you look on the memory alpha page, there's there's there is an image where you can kind of see it a little bit. It's not it's not like at its full force there, but she is. You can see even in that image on memory alpha, yeah, there's really... she's a very long neck. Um, yeah, but anyway. um, yeah. It also one thing I did notice from this episode is like I feel like of all the things that like animation allows you to do that you can't do in live action. Like the thing they use it for the most is just making the characters run, or like silhouettes <laughs> of the characters run. Like there's yeah. so much running, like f- from like screen left to screen right. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, like it feels very kind of like Scooby Doo type of like just like people running across the screen mm-hmm. um, with these like very exaggerated like up and down running animations. Um, but yeah, and so 
so they're like, well, now we have to, we have to go back down to rescue her, uh, and she is taken to and like kind of spends most of the episode talking to a, a sentient computer, who's like kind of the one that like makes all these robots and mm-hmm. the kind of benevolent like person who was running the planet and trying to make everyone's dreams come true has died and now it's just this like computer running everything who just is doing kind of a very standard computer plot of just like well i must or no because at first he thinks that like the people are slaves of the spaceships yeah because yeah because he's he thinks that he's been a slave to people yeah. And so he wants, but he's like, well, computers are clearly better than people. And so outside of this planet, people must be computer slaves. slaves. So I want, yeah. basically he's saying like, I want to go, you know, he's kind of like doing a little mermaid thing sort of where he's like, I want to be where the not people are, you know, like, like, <laughs> cause like I'll be, then I'll yeah. clearly like, that's, that's where I'll be among my own, my own kind, you know? Yeah. Like out where computers run everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And so he's like, well, if I, kill all the people then i can like upload myself onto the spaceship and then like fly out to where computers are in charge yeah so then there's like a uh the sort of rest of the people that came down to rescue to rescue her get just variously trapped by different like the large cat from cat's paw and i don't think it is the large cat I, I, it's, I... it's not the same cat because that was a black cat but it felt like a similar thing where it's just like this big cat that like is trying to like reach through a, a doorway or whatever. It's a weird thing where like, because they kind of say a few times like, well, that no one thought about the pterodactyl. But then all the times someone will just like make like an ex- an expression where they weren't actually thinking about a giant cat. But they talk yeah, about we're like, like oh, we're like stuck in like a game of cat and mouse. or Yeah. Whatever. And then like suddenly then, there's like, a big cat. cat. And it's, they don't really ever like address that <laughs> other than just like the computers being weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out. If we ever, I don't think we ever see what the computer looks like in the original show, in the original episode of Shore Leave. Because I did, I loved the way the computer looked. I was like, this looks great. Like, I, I, anytime that, like. With, like, the, like, super colorful, like, flashing lights. And, yeah, with, like, that really weird curved yeah, screen. And, like, you see all yeah. these, like, antenna pointing out. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff I love. Just, like, that kind of science fiction 70s. Like, I don't know, it's basically fantasy, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I really dug that stuff. Yeah, I remember like like the Magic to Makes too. Just like the planet itself looked like super cool because it was just like this weird like swirly, colorful type of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I think they do like some cool. Just like someone just had fun like drawing a thing. Um, well, and I also I, I think we I think we probably will agree that this episode is not very good and like and it's it's much. There's nothing really going on in it, and it's not it's not nearly as like. I think interesting as like I don't know what were they doing, uh, you know, vibe as as Magic of Magic too, but like yeah, I just think there are just like these just small aesthetic pleasures that I will always just kind of sort of be into, like just even like, you know, we got a good amount of like both Lieutenant uh, Eric's and Lieutenant uh, Emress uh, in this episode. Yeah, I was because I was I was thinking I don't think either one of them really are in Magic of Magic too. Like, I, I think, I think like I think one you shot see, of Eric's being like stuck in the stocks. Yeah, because he's got an extra he's got an extra With hole an extra for hole. his other hand, which is very funny. But yeah, yeah he doesn't really like, talk talks or anything. At all. Yeah, yeah, and like this is, it, it did get me thinking about the two of them because like 
to me, like, and maybe it's just because of, like, how much Star Trek I've watched, that, like, Mress is clearly just uh, Majel Barrett, but she, like, makes a, like, purring sound at yeah. the end of everything she says. <laughs> that insane purr. Like, <laughs> she does. It's so funny. Like, she's doing it, like, just kind of, like, kind of sultry voice compared to, like, what she does is, like, the computer or chapel, and then, like, finishes every sentence with, like, a... Yeah, I mean, I, for all of Gene's faults, like, I don't know, I do I do think that, like, he's kind of like a legendary wife guy, like, and, and like... Sure. I think I would be, too, if, if I was married to Major Barrett, probably, you know, like... Um, yeah, she's great. He's just but like, yeah, yeah we'll just put her in the show again. Like, 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 how many different parts has Major Barrett played, like, on... And on how many different series, you know, like... Uh, yeah, it's well, great. I think she has now, if you count like the the sort of like archived computer voice that they use in Picard. Yeah. I think she's technically like been on the most series as now. Like I think she was tied with Jonathan Frakes, but I think that put her ahead again. Oh yeah. If if you count the animated series cuz she's been on original series, animated series, Next Generation, DS9. Uh Voyager. I think she's she's still the computer in Voyager. I think she's still the computer in Enterprise. I think. I, I'm not sure if she is, or if, like, I think she is technically in, because there's, like, a Mirror Universe episode where they find, like, the Defiant from, like, TOS era, and, like, she's the computer of that ship, or something like that. I don't know if she's the Enterprise computer, but I think she does appear as, like, the computer of another, like, TOS era ship. Yeah. I'm... In some shenanigans in Enterprise. Um, if she's number one, it says in... She's apparently number one in an episode of Discovery, which I don't remember. Um, oh, do they do like a flashback to? Yeah. To the cage. Yep, and then yeah, she's interesting. Chapel. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if she's computer voice uh, on. Well, she also plays like she plays a bunch of other because like her her and. Um, her and James Dewan play a bunch of the side characters in animated oh, just series. Oh, like have a character show up that needs a voice. Seems, yeah, so yeah, she plays. She actually plays like Amanda Grayson in in uh, in yesteryear oh, and stuff. So, gosh dang it, my my computer is messing up. Uh, I feel, I guess my thing with like with Mares and Eric's is just like I don't fully understand why you created like additional characters for people that were already like playing characters on the show. Well, like, I, I get, like, using the actors you have for, like, side, like, NPC-type characters that show up. But why you, like, created a new crew member when, like, they were already being a regular? I don't know. Well, I think they they wanted at least one, I think, just because they didn't have checkup on the show anymore. Because they were saving money by not having... Oh, uh, okay. Walter Koenig on. Which is why Walter Koenig, I think, has a writing credit on one of the animated series episodes. Is because... My recollection is that basically they were originally going to not have any of the cast except for Shatner and um, Nimoy. And then Nimoy was like, I'm not going to do this unless you get everybody. And then they were nice. like, well, we'll get everybody except for Koenig. And then he's like, fine. But then Koenig gets to write an episode. So Because later Nimoy just sounds like a cool a cool dude. Just kind of like looks out for his friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, That's again, cool. I like Shatner fine. But I, I don't think Shatner was like... Yeah, yeah, definitely. They all have to be here, you know. Yeah, we gotta we gotta make sure George Decay is taken care of. Yeah, yeah, um, 
yeah. Anyway, I like seeing those those two as well. Um, uh, yeah, and I, cool. I love I love uh, Eric's especially. I just think he's got like a cool look, and then I just I like the I like the voice that James Doohan is using for him, which is very very unlike his. Like I don't think I would even have been able to t- to just like tell that it is him. Yeah, just because you only ever hear James Doohan doing like the very thick Scottish accent. Yeah, that he's just doing like I'm Eric. Whereas, like, yeah, you're right. Like, the Emress is like clearly Major Barrett. You know, you're right. She is. Um, she's only the the voice of the Defiant in in Enterprise. She is the only actress who worked on the first five live action Star Trek TV. So that also means she has she has to be the only actress who would work on all six of the original of the first. Yeah, the, all all of the first six Star Trek TV shows. So. Yeah. Yeah, she has probably been in like basically everything. I think if I can, as long as far as I can think of, and let, and let, yeah, because I ha- she has to have been on a Lower Decks episode. Maybe she's not, maybe maybe she hasn't been on a uh, Prodigy episode yet. But yeah, and let I mean, unless they used her in like the that would have been cool if they had used her in the the one where the Kobayashi Maru one. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. do they use her as like the computer for that? I feel like they should if they didn't. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, she's great. Love her. We, t- we talk about her all the time, but she's great. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, all that to say, Marissa is kind of the like main contact person whenever they like hail back to the ship to figure out what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically they get kind of trapped in this cave and the plan they come up with, because they're like, well, last time we were here, McCoy died and then they like took him to like this the kind of underground like center of operations to heal him so if we have someone die again then we can get inside which i don't so this doesn't make any sense at all because as the computer has explained to her previously like the computer is actively trying to kill them right yeah, now like, like, like it doesn't yeah, so why it, did the robots it, it take him? like tells her like you know like these other four people are like Irrelevant and can be deleted. Essentially, well, he says he's gonna he's gonna turn them off. I will turn them off. Yeah, yeah. I assume James Doohan is probably doing that voice too. I I enjoyed the computer. I, again, I, the computer was not not the smartest uh, computer they've ever encountered on on Star Trek, but sure. I yeah, it looks like he is. James Doohan is White Rabbit, Scott, Master Computer, Eric's, and Gabler. That must be one of the like an ensign or something. Like a yeah, he's like a operations engineer type person but uh yeah um, um i enjoyed i enjoyed that voice too yeah but yeah so they like inject spock with something that makes him like seem i forget if it makes him seem like dead or just like sick very sick yeah and then uh one of these like hovering robots comes and like picks him up and carries him back and the other ones run after him and like Kirk is able to kind of make it through this like sliding rock door in a very again, like, weirdly animated. Yeah, scene the animation is so janky. Where all of it this. looks like the door closes and then and then he gets through it and the door closes again. It's very very odd. Yeah, it is one of those like they clearly like reuse a bunch of animations all the time. Yeah, and and do a bunch of just kind of like. I don't really know how animations work. There was one shot, I think it was around the same time, where, like, before Kirk goes in the door or something, where, like, you can almost see, like, the glare from different, like, 
layers of things like where like Kirk is like printed onto one like kind of clear sheet of something and then it's projected in front of just the drawing of the background and they're just kind of sliding him across and you can like see this weird like the light kind of glare off one of them mm-hmm. um but yeah so Kirk gets inside and and Sulu and McCoy are sort of trapped outside and spend the rest of the episode running away from a dragon. Yeah. Um, well, until the very end, which until the end. which is quite a quite a shot to end the episode. Great. Yeah. <laughs> totally like makes it all worth it. Yeah, and then we get Kirk and Spock kind of inside with Uhura and the computer. And they basically sort of talk the computer down. So the computer like explains like, "Oh yes, I want to like steal your ship to go out to where computers run everything and Kirk's like but computers don't run everything like we work together with them for good and expo- exploration which is an interesting way to say oh, that like, sugarcoating it, like you just Kirk is like oh yeah we definitely don't make computers do whatever we want like uh, yeah, we're, it's, we're it's, friends it's teamwork yeah like us and the ship are all on the same side um and so convinces the computer to like go back to just staying on this planet and like making fun vacations for people. Cause he's basically says like, if you, if you want to like learn more about the outside world, you sh- if you make vacations to people, people will come to you and you can learn that way. Yeah. Which I don't know. Honestly, it seems like kind of a bum rap for the computer. Cause the computer, yeah. he's really endorsing the status quo for this computer. Yeah. Well, they do like then like leave Spock in the computer room to just like kind of sit and like, talk with him and be his friend for a while yeah and then the rest of them like and then he like radios back to the ship being like shore leave like is back on and everyone beams down and then like the last shot is sulu and mccoy is it just the two of them i think yeah and they're having a picnic having like a picnic with alice from alice in wonderland and the white rabbit and the dragon (laughs) which i the thing i love about this is that like because they say Shore leaves back on, and then I think Uhura says, like, well, so for some people, it's already started. And so then it shows this. And so what I think is very funny about this is that, like, before those two have, like, been told that everything is fine. Like, like before they have been told yeah, that, like, that like, Uhura like, and has been rescued, and that they're all just like, yeah, I guess we'll have a picnic with this dragon. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it does kind of give the feeling of, like, the dragon, like, caught them. And then was just like, why were you guys running? I just wanted to have a picnic. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I guess we'll drop everything. We'll, 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 we won't yeah. help our f- friend anymore. Um, yeah, Spock's probably taking care of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is, yeah, I don't know. It's again not like an actual good episode, but like kind of fun. And there, every now and then, there is like a little something where I'm like, that is kind of like fun in almost like a Rick and Morty esque kind of like stupid sci-fi way where like I, I really liked when they were like being like we gotta figure out how to get into the underground entrance of this place and then all of a sudden because they thought of that like all of these <laughs> signs science. pop up that are like underground <laughs> entrance that way <laughs> yeah like uh, secret underground entrance yeah that's that's and pretty then, like, good one, and, and then they also like take the effort to show like after they've like run like gone past it it just like sort of like slides back down into the ground. Like it's just like on this little like robot arm. It's just like zzz, like goes back down. Yeah, it it uh, you know it does have a very like yeah. You can tell like there's a this kind of like fun, just sort of bizarre sense of humor behind this show. Yeah, weird, weirdly it's like every now and then 
you know, we were just talking about the last time we were talking about the Prodigy episode, and like I was saying that like it needs to it needed to kind of explore the consequences of its premise. And I don't think that this episode really quite does that, but there are like little moments like that where they're kind of like, oh, they're doing something here with it. You know, like I think you could I could see like going back to the this in 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 like something like lower decks and them really making a meal out of it, you know? Like Yeah. It's like it, oh the planet that like pops up whatever you think about. Then. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of actually have you seen the most recent uh season of of Rick and Morty? No, I haven't. There it's fine, but there's there's one really good episode of it which is basically about like a, a fortune cookie factory where all the fortunes are real like they all come true i think you were telling me about this one yeah but like then like basically it, it kind of like takes that and like basically means that like then if you write the fortunes you can basically control the future and so like okay. and at one point like you know rick and morty break into the the fortune cookie factory and so then like to defend the, fa- the factory like the person who owns the factory starts deploying experimental fortunes where she basically like gives all of these security officers, like fortunes that say stuff like you can control fire, you know, <laughs> and then, and then oh, they can okay. like, it's a, like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I think you could really make something out of that in an episode like this, where you're like, Oh yeah. Like what, what is that? When you says you, anything you think of, like, what does that mean? You know, like, uh, yeah. so I, I think maybe they should come back and try and try it again uh, on Lord X. But, um, do you have anything else for this episode? Uh, like I said, not not a great episode. Not you know, a, a pretty shallow premise ultimately, but like, not not like oh, there unpleasant. was there was one little touch that I also really enjoyed because there's I I forgot to talk about that like kind of the the computer does sort of take over the Enterprise computer at one point um, and starts like trying to like rebuild itself like in the Enterprise because it's going to take the take over the Enterprise. Yeah. And one of the things it does is it shuts down the artificial gravity. Yeah. And so there's a couple shots of like Scotty's kind of like swimming through an airlock like trying to get to get all this fixed. But then like they, you know, then they go back to like Kirk and Spock doing stuff and then the next time they cut to the ship, they it's a shot of the bridge and everyone's just wearing seatbelts. <laughs> Which I thought was really <laughs> great. That, that's really funny. Yeah, they're all like back in their chairs, but they have these sort of like, like kind of crossed like harnesses, like holding them into the chair. Yeah, I, which is just like I thought like a very nice like, again in a show that it seems like a lot of the time doesn't take much care for like whether the animation they're reusing really makes sense or not. Like someone took took the effort to like draw. Although yeah, I think it it is maybe that same shot or like a couple of the times they cut back. Uh, Sulu is like Su- on the bridge. Sulu's on the bridge for like a second, and then they're like, "Oh wait, shoot!" I mean, it's black guys on the yeah. bridge instead. You know, like uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's hysterics. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that I was the gravity thing was striking because I was like, "Oh, they actually had to draw some new stuff for this." Like like when like you see like Emerson's like butt like floating through the air. I was like, I don't think they've ever had this. I don't know. I feel it's like anytime that they. I always notice anytime they have to like draw a new thing because like they do just like yeah. to reuse stuff so often. Yeah. Oh, we can't just have like that one shot of Spock looking into his little thing and talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that actually, that is the last thing I wanted to say is that, so, not that the original series was ever particularly scientific, but I was struck how, like, the animated series is even less so. The thing that I, I think I really thought was funny was when, you know, after the Queen of Hearts incident, Bones comes back up, and I think Sulu does too, at least for, or either that or he is, like, they know where he is. And then they're talking about Uhura, and then Spock looks into his little device and he says... 
Confirmed, Captain. Lieutenant Uhura is not in the general beam down area. That's <laughs> like, that's a good. Yep. I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to that. Like the general beam down area. The beam down you know, area. Like, that's that's is that a scientific term? But yeah, uh, yeah uh, that that made me laugh. Um, there was not. No one took a second pass on that on that language. You gotta you gotta turn these out, man. Yeah. But uh, it was funny. I, I did I, when I was looking up like the people who worked on the show because um, I want to turn out they're all filmation people. I did laugh. If you go to Hal Sutherland's memory alpha page, he says Hal Sutherland was pleasantly surprised by NBC's elation with the series. He says I remember getting a personal letter from them saying how wonderful the show looked and how happy they were at the results. I'd never heard anything like that in all the years we've been in business twenty odd years. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever looked at a filmation product and was like, "That looks great." Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, uh-huh. right, he seems like a guy who has like a sense of humor about himself and what he what he did and stuff. So, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Hal died in 2014, 84 yeah. though, not bad. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, so uh, we come out every other week. Uh, so in a couple Sundays, you can catch us again, where we are going to be talking about, uh, it is another animated series episode. We are talking about The Survivor, which is the animated series season one, episode six. So three episodes before this one. Actually, I, we didn't say this. Magic of Megas 2 is three is one episode before our the one we're talking about right now. So we've, we've watched oh, nice. two in, in sequence. But yeah, this is, The Survivor is next time. So you can, uh, you know, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. And you can visit follow us on YouTube at Con, uh, Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-A-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Cloudscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is That's How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.